Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. We are very excited today to welcome to the studio Ideation Design Group Principal, Jennifer Reynolds. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. You came in the rain. I know. It was a lot. Yes, it's crazy today. I really thought we were done with all this crazy winter weather a week or two ago as we uh, folded up the Super Bowl and uh, all that good stuff going on, the Open. And now Mm -hmm. today, we've got weather again. Yeah, I don't—it's been a weird winter, hasn't it? Like, it seems like it's been cooler this winter. It seems like it's been longer than normal. And then it's raining, and it was pouring. Of course, as soon as I pull in the parking lot, it is pouring. You have to get out of your car. Well, you you look fantastic. (laughs) And you said you didn't have to come far. Your business is at the Sky Harbor Airport near that area? It's very close. So we are in the parking lot of the Stockyards building. Oh, perfect. If that makes sense. I think there used to be a Bank of America where we were, and then there's the Cattleman's Bank is right there. Not even 10 minutes from here. Yeah, 10 minutes. It was easy peasy. So tell us about Ideation Design Group. Let's introduce your company first, and I really am looking forward to the backstory and and how this all came to be. Well, get ready. So, <laughs> so we are a full-service architecture and interior design business. We do a lot of restaurants and retail all over the country, not just in Phoenix. We don't actually do a ton of work in Phoenix. We like to branch out and go different places. But so we have architecture, interior design, graphic design, food service design, and um, procurement. So we can do everything for a client, or we could just do parts and pieces. So we do do that. We have clients that we do all of everything from start to finish, branding, coming up with the logo, working on the design, drawing it, getting permits, doing construction management, and then installing furniture at the end. And then we also have clients where we just do a logo or we'll help them with some furniture, that kind of thing. But we like to be the one-stop shop makes us kind of efficient and a little bit quicker, I think, than most. So It gives us a little bit of an advantage, so to speak. So we've been in business since 2004. We are City of Phoenix certified SBE and WBE, um, women-owned business. So that's a nice perk. We've got about 28 people. So we, like I said, are just down the street. um, Everybody works together and collaborates, and it's just kind of what we do. I remember reading that... Your clients, and it's part of your marketing strategy, is that it's referral-based and repeat clients. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. So all of our business is um, repeat business or referrals, like I said, or like you said. Most of our clients we've had, we've had several clients since inception or even before. um, And then a lot of times, you know, people leave and go on to next ventures and they'll call and come back through the door. So Um, That's our marketing strategy. We don't really market. We don't really advertise, so to speak. That's just kind of our plan. It's worked out pretty well for us. We do a lot of work in airports, for example, and our biggest client would be HMS Host. And they're the concessionaire at the airport. So when you see a restaurant like Chelsea's Kitchen in the lobby in Terminal 4, it's actually run by HMS Host and designed by us. Thank you. So they're a big client for us, and that's why we do a lot of work all over the country. And then, like I said, people, one of our other big clients is Sammy Hagar. And so I got tied up with Sammy because his business manager used to work for Host back in the day, and he moved on with Sammy, and then he called and said, hey, you want to do some work? And I was like, sure. 
So fascinating. I mean, I've worked for HMS Hosts since as a baby designer in 1995. A baby designer. How cute is that? <laughs> when I was a baby designer. In, ni- in ni- late 95? Yeah, mid-95. Wow. Yeah. And we worked for CMA for about 15 years, I think. So, so good. And then just other clients that kind of come through same kind of way that we do work for True Food Kitchen. And that connection was when we used to work do work for Payway. And, you know, people move on. But if you have good service and a good product, They'll come back. That's what I was just going to ask. So in order to be able to have this part of your business strategy mm-hmm. that you're not marketing outside of your existing clientele, I went right to relationships and obviously delivering on, on what you say you're going to deliver and exceptional service, right? right? Is there anything that I'm missing? It, it sounds like a lot of it is relationship in addition to being the best at what you do. Yeah. I mean, I think that our core strategy, whether... It's talking to a client or when we hire people, um, our strategy is whatever it takes. So we will do whatever it takes. Like if you need me to be hauling stuff in from the truck, I will happily do it. I mean, I delivered chairs on Christmas Eve to Terminal 3 last year, two years ago. So you just do whatever it takes. Like at the end, if the client is happy and things turn out well, he wins or she wins and we win. So that's kind of the business that we've built on is just doing that. And even when I hire people, I tell everybody, this job is a whatever it takes. And I won't ask you to do something that I won't do. So if that means running to UPS at 6.59 to drop off a package at the airport, I'm doing it. If it means taking out the trash, got to do it. So that's just kind of our core philosophy. We do it with every aspect. Very impressive. And and Daryl, our producer, I only have a side angle of him because mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, but I, I can feel him smiling. And he also wrote that down, <laughs> which is fantastic, right? Yeah. I love it. Tell us a little bit about becoming a—you're actually Webex certified. Is that what I heard you say? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're a small business and a minority business. Okay. Or DBE, disadvantaged business, sorry. Yes. Which I find a little offensive that being a woman is disadvantaged, but— I'll take it. I'll take it. And for our (laughs) listeners who may not know what that means, can you describe Mm -hmm. how that's benefited you and really what are the what are the benefits of that and and why would and would you encourage somebody to make sure that they have that designation? Oh, I absolutely would encourage you. Um, basically it's a disadvantaged business, which means it's a minority-owned business. So whether it's a woman, African American, other minorities, it means um, you get some opportunities that you might not necessarily get especially like doing work at the airport. Um, There are percentages that you have to meet. In Sky Harbor, it is a local SBE, small business. So they give some small business recognition. But other airports, it is a minority business or a DBE. And that's, so you get some opportunities. You also, you get some points, like it's good for my client. It helps my client, which is why we did it. It also, it works for other um, clients as well, for different, if you're doing anything with a municipality, they look at that kind of thing. Right. And so for business owners, if you fit into any of those categories, it's worth looking into. Mm-hmm. It, it also often means longer-term contracts, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're, if we're always looking for the next opportunity when you have that certification, which I don't, by the way, I'm not there yet, then when a municipality or a large enterprise knows that it needs to um, employ and partner with a per certain percentage of vendors mm-hmm. that fit these designations, you're application, your bid, whatever rises to the top, and it likely means longer business. Absolutely. And they also have a lot of outreaches and stuff like that where they'll help you and they'll connect you with bankers, say if you need 
a loan or you want to look at some financing, they'll connect you with bankers that specialize in that or other vendors, say copy people or whatever kind of business needs that you need. So it's nice because they'll help you and, mm-hmm. and they'll help you with stuff you didn't know you even needed, which Fantastic. is kind of nice. Great. I know we didn't anticipate talking about that, but I appreciate the the information and the education for our listeners. So you're the principal owner. Mm-hmm. And what is your background? Restaurants and interior design and architecture and all the things, the digital you know assets that go with it. Who are you before this? <laughs> before this. Well, so I am the majority owner and I have one partner. His name is Carl Schaefer. And the funny story is, so when I was a baby designer back in the day, <laughs> I went to work for Carl. And he owned a, Scott, a firm up in Scottsdale. And right out of college, I went to work for him. And I worked for him for about eight years. And he sold the company. And we all got fired. It was great. Right after I had a baby, I was back two weeks after maternity leave. It's like, welcome back. See ya. So, but you know, everything happens for a reason. So I did my thing. I went and worked for another firm. Didn't like it. And my husband built a golf course in Oklahoma roundabout kind of way to get there. So we lived in Oklahoma for a year. And when we were, the golf course was done, they're like, do you want to stay? And I'm like, nope, let's go back. And so we came back to Phoenix. And during that time, Carl's buyout for the company was over and he got fired. And I, I sent him a text that was like, sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Carl. And so when I was living in Oklahoma, I couldn't really find a job because everybody's like, you're overqualified or you know, we don't really do hospitality here and that kind of thing. And so old clients started calling, saying, what are you doing? And do you want to do a little consulting work? So little by little, I did some consulting here and there. And then when we moved back, after I gave Carl a little ribbing, we got together and we were like, should we put the band back together, so to speak? And so it was the two of us and we rented an office about this size in a manufacturer's building and we did a request for proposals for Minneapolis Airport, and that was our first project, and Ideation was born. And, and it was restaurant at the, even back then. Mm-hmm. And, and when Carl had the business and you were uh, working for him, was it restaurant? It was, yep. So that was right out of uh, school. Yeah, That's where you landed, and you've just stayed in that lane ever since. Exactly. And I, the year that I, after I got let go, I worked for a firm that's not here anymore in town, and they did government work. And that convinced me that I don't want to do that ever again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did like high rises for the city downtown and everything was so slow and so boring. And I worked on the Jewish Community Center that that's up on Cactus in Scottsdale Road for an e- entire year. Wow. I was like, are we done with this yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of what we do, like the restaurants and the retail. It's quick. It's fast paced. Really? And so you're not ever stuck on anything for too long. And I like kind of that keeping it moving and new new things. Yeah. Same same people perhaps, but new projects, mm-hmm. new locations. Exactly. Yes. How soon into ideation did the digital asset piece become part of what you're doing? Because if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. given how long you've been in business, it was first architecture and interior design. Yep. And then you were realizing you could also be full service and offer these other pieces too. So talk about when is it okay for me to use the word branding? You help them with branding or that's already in place and you just do some digital assets? We do. Well, we, it, it kind of depends. We've done both. Okay. Um, right now, we're doing less of the digital assets just because there's so many people and it's hard to find good people, yeah. as you well know. It just kind of depends on who's working for us at the time and, and what we do. 
We do some graphic design and I also have some outsources that we use that used to work for me. So sometimes we'll call them up and be like, hey, do you want to partner with that? But all of the designers that I have working for me have kind of a strong graphic background, so they can do a lot of that as well. And you already know the history and the personality and the the culture mm-hmm. of these restaurants and their owners or their their teams, whatever. And so, of course, it would make sense that you would then be extension to help them brand consistently. Right. I'm fascinated by this conversation, so I hope <laughs> I'm asking questions that, that our listeners are intrigued by as well. I, I don't know why this is a comparison, but I shop at Fry's Grocery Store, mm-hmm. and it changes more frequently than I'd like it to change. <laughs> I'm a creature of habit, so mm-hmm. I really want to go in, and I want to know where, you know, whatever this area is, it's still going to be there. And then six months later, maybe it's not even that frequent. It changes. Um, when you are working with restauranteurs, do you find that they they update things? Are there trends and things that that people ought to be following in this industry? And how often does somebody go and change the aesthetics of, a, of an actual restaurant or, or area? Well, in terms of changing the aesthetics, I find that street side, they're much more resistant to changing them. That usually has kind of a longer cycle. But when we do airport work, that's built in their contract that usually every five years or the midterm of their contract, they have to do a refresh or an update. So on that level, we do that a lot more often. So, and, the, and the reason for that, probably to keep it fresh and yeah. and keep people who are traveling frequently excited about what's available there? Yeah, to keep it fresh. And I mean, people are hardcore in the airport. I mean, they are hitting things with luggage and things get oh. damaged and strollers and everything okay. else. Like they Preservation, hit. really, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd be amazed things that get beat up and dinged up. And, you know, you want it's not like airport concessions of old where it was the hot dog stand with the yogurt machine and everybody was like, ooh. I mean, these are nice yes. restaurants now. And so you have to not only design them to be durable, but then come in and refresh them. And and you'd be amazed some of the things that I've seen damaged. And I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> There's got to be a story here, right? Like, exactly. Please tell me what happened. Please tell me how this happened. <laughs> I love it. Throughout your career, have you had mentors and guides, it sounds like maybe Carl, the other partner, mm-hmm. um, has you've been that for each other, and he was originally for you. Do you have other people who have helped shape you professionally and personally? Oh, yeah, I would say. I mean, obviously, Carl, because like I said, I was baby designer when I started for him. And I mean, literally right out of school. And he taught me about procurement. He taught me about design stuff. Um, he was really good about like some continuing education and and seeing... That I'm the kind of person that if I don't know how to do it, I will figure out how to do it or I'll find a way to do it. And that's kind of, he's that way too. And I think um, that's what makes us good partners. All is. these years. <laughs> For a long, like he, he calls me his work wife. Yes, that so, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we're, we're very yin and yang. Like Carl is from New York and he's very loud and very boisterous. And I am more subdued and a, a little more even keeled. He'll kill me for saying this. But it's a good balance. It's a good yin and yang. Yeah. And in terms of other mentors, I mean, my dad was a big one for me. My dad was like, you do whatever it takes. You you go the extra mile. You give it your all. And that's just who my dad was. And that's who he taught me to be. And, you know. And it's, it's now part of the business. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ingrained in, in not only how you show up, but obviously of the culture you've created with your teammates. Right. And my mom has always worked as well. So, and my mom was a nurse when we were little, and so she worked nights so she could be home with us during the day. And it was that same thing, like, you do what you've got to do. We've made a commitment, and we're going to do it. And 
So that was like a strong theme or thread. Yeah. Yes. And how about you as a professional woman doing all the great things that you're doing? Do you find that you either naturally fall into mentor role or do you show up as a mentor where it's really more specific? I try to mentor. Mm -hmm. I think because I work with a lot of designers and young designers. And so I try to give back what I got. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know that everybody always gets that. Yes. Like, I think you kind of have to understand the gift that you're getting or the opportunities that you're getting. Because I've worked at jobs where you don't get that. And you probably have too, where it's just not an opportunity. And so hopefully I try to really promote that. And I really try, I mean, most of my designers are women, not all of them, but most of them. And so I really try to foster, like, even just being a smart woman and thinking ahead and planning ahead and not being dependent and those kind of things. Like, if you don't want to learn the business or whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if that's not your your jam, that's okay. But just to kind of be like, be a smart woman and don't don't leave yourself in a bad spot. And always like, I think as women, it's our job to lift each other up. Yes. Period. Like, don't tear each other down. We don't need any help in that category. Let's just lift each other up and do right by each other. So I love it. Do, uh, your team mostly works uh, on location or are there some remote workers? How does that work? We are on location. We did remote for six weeks. It made me bananas because <laughs> all we did, you're texting and calling and it's like, oh, geez, I've wasted so much time just trying to find out the answer that I could have just walked down the hall and said, hey, what's this? Yes. And we're just very collaborative. Like everybody in my office, we work together. I mean, right before this, on Wednesdays, we do family lunch, and which came from COVID because it was depressing during yes. that time. And we were like, what can we do to like make things a little better? And so the principals, we decided we would make lunch for everybody on Wednesdays, which was okay when we only had 15 people. <laughs> it was okay. But now we're at 25, 26. It's a little harder. Yes. but. We, Everybody loved it. We still do it. So today we had corned beef and cabbage and shepherd's pie for St. Patrick's Day right before I came. So I probably need a mint. Sorry. That's <laughs> right. I just ate my burrito. So we're, we're, you're in good company. <laughs> but that's kind of, um, you know, like it's just being in the office, you can't replace it. Right. You interact and you know what's going on in people's lives and I just think you need that, especially in such a creative field. I mean, I get it. Like, if you're on the phone all day, you can be at home. Or, But we are interacting. We are building something together. We're like, and all of every process in our office is a layer. So everybody, trying to do most it. Most everybody has a hand on some aspect yeah. of it. So trying to do it remotely was a challenge. And everybody, there wasn't anybody who didn't want to come back when we were like, okay, like. It's a good sign. What should we do? Yes. And yeah. you made it work. And grew. So. During the pandemic, you grew from about 15 to now 28, is it? Oh, so, no. We we had we had 30, 36 before COVID. Oh. And I will say that in March of 2020, we went from about 300 projects to four in two wow. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense given the industry that you represent, right? Restaurants, nobody was eating out. No. And nope. nor was anybody at airports. Nope. So from how many clients, active projects to four? We had about 300 in different phases, whether it was, you know, design or architecture or under construction. And we went and we dropped down to four in two weeks. Tell me about that. You, How did you all handle that? Well, it was definitely rough. I mean, we did lay off half of our staff. 
I mean, out of necessity. I mean, right. everything that we were doing was hospitality-based. We were doing casino work. We were doing fitness clubs. We were doing airports. We were doing restaurants. And luckily, again, about relationships, we had clients that owed us money, and they were determined to pay us. They paid us a little at a time, and that was okay. Kept the doors open. Kept us doing stuff. I mean, we did get some PPP money, which was also good and kept things going. And little by little, like, you know, when you have good clients like that, they call. Even if it's something dumb and something little, which I shouldn't say dumb, that's terrible. But like even— it's insignificant, it matters. Yeah, and even if it's, you know, a $2,500 fee, they'd call and be like, hey, do you want to file this? Okay. Like, and that kind of kept us afloat. And then little bit by little bit, they came— back and back and back. And now we're as busy, if not busier, than we were pre-COVID. Congratulations. With less people. <laughs> you weather, uh, right. <laughs> you weathered the storm and sound like you weathered it well. And that's that resilience that you spoke about that your parents imparted on you, right? The do whatever it takes to get it done. <laughs> and it sounds like not only have you instilled that and shared that within the culture and, and your actual team, it sounds like your clients know that about you as well. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things they love and appreciate about you. And uh, want to honor that by finding out how they can best support you in the times that you needed it as well. Incredible. It's all about relationships, isn't it? It, is. <laughs> it, it absolutely is because that's, that's, what, that's what kept us afloat or relationships. And, yeah. 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 When you were younger, before you were the baby designer, when you were literally a child, yes. did, you, did you have an, a knack for architecture and design? Did you always know you wanted to kind of do this work or did you have something else in mind as you were growing up? Um, I was always very artsy, so I always had a strong kind of art background, and for a while there, I wanted to be a lawyer, and my dad was down with that because I was a pretty good arguer, (laughs) and he knows, but it's not creative enough, and I don't think I could do that all the time. So I went to Iowa State, and I started out in graphic design because I thought, oh, that's what I want to do, and I did it for a semester and was like, nope, no. But I liked the creative aspect. And so um, Iowa State has a big design college and it had graphics and architecture and interior design all together. So I switched my major and that was kind of it. It's been the same way ever since. Never looked back. And you grew up here in Arizona? No. Has anybody grown up here? Yes. No. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, literally. I just met somebody in the kitchen. Oh. Uh, she sits right out here in our co-work space. And I don't know how we got on the topic. Oh, I said, have you been, because of the weather. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's easy conversation. I said, have you been here long? She said, I'm a native and grew up right here in Tempe. We need to take her picture. Right. <laughs> you don't see very many no. of those. Although my my kids are third generation ten, Tempe natives. Yeah. So grandma and grandpa were one of the first classes to go through Tempe High School. And then my ex-husband, their dad, and then my kiddos, their Corona graduates. But all, yeah, all in the same city. Isn't that fascinating? That's yeah, pretty generation. So yes, there are people who are born and raised and still in Arizona. <laughs> Maybe not many. Not a whole lot. But now I grew up in Colorado. Okay. What part of Colorado? In a town called Broomfield, which was about halfway between Denver and Boulder. Mm-hmm. And loved it. It was great. I would say I would go back to Colorado, except for I don't know if I could do the winters and the snow anymore. Because... Arizona makes you soft. Yes, we have very thin blood in here in Arizona. <laughs> Can't do it. And so um, when I was in high school, my dad bought into a chain of drugstores in like North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. And so we moved and I hated Minnesota. No offense to anybody listening from Minnesota, but it was harsh. It's cold there and it was harsh. And so 
um, part of the deal was, that's how I ended up at Iowa State, is how far away could it get? And so, but it kind of worked out. And I moved here after college. I worked, funny story. So my husband is my college sweetheart. And we met at school. And I don't know that he was as dedicated to his studies. So he took a little bit longer. And so I graduated. And I was like, I don't know what we're going to do. And I had my ethics professor was like, do you want to come work for me? You want to come work while you're killing time? Okay. So I went to work for her office and I worked for her for about six or seven months and came to work one day and there's a letter from the IRS saying, go away and don't come back. And evidently she'd pay her payroll taxes for quite a while. I'm not Oops. the most ethical, but... I was just going to say, what you said she was in what business again? Hmm. Yeah, she's in design, Ouch. but she was, she taught ethics when I was in college. And so after I called my mom crying and saying, what do I do with this? My best friend from growing up lived here and she's like, come to Arizona. It's January. Like, And so I came here and I was like, this is heaven. And I put a couple of resumes out and that's I went and had an interview with Carl. And went back and said, I'm moving to Arizona. And dating your husband, mm-hmm. your then boyfriend at the time. Yep. And he says, I'm coming with you. So, which I didn't think. I didn't think he was going to do it. But he's like, I'm coming with you. And we loaded up the U-Haul and moved out here. And he works in the golf course industry. So it's a terrible place for him to be. Right. Just awful to Just, be here in Scottsdale, Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy, Sedona, right? Sedona, Tucson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. So, and then... Like I said, other than that year in Oklahoma. It was just a year. I remember you saying that. It was 11 months and two weeks. Oh, do you know how many hours? (laughs) Wow. It was a lot. Yes. So good. For our listeners, uh, again, who are just getting to know you for the first time, what keeps you motivated and inspired to keep showing up in life the way that you do on the days that feel kind of sour or a little crunchy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. what, what do you rely on in those days where it doesn't, when it's not all, not all humming and whistling, <laughs> it's a little clunky? Well, it's funny that you asked that because, I mean, it, it's been a rough 2023. I mean, like, we're so busy and you can't find people to work and you don't want to turn away work and you don't want to disappoint anybody. So it's been kind of a challenge this year, like, like kind of slumped shoulders. and But the thing is, is it, it's about the relationships for me. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the relationships with employees or with clients or with reps. That's what I enjoy. I mean, I enjoy going to work and giving some of my staff a hard time. There's a couple that, you know, brightens my day to give them a hard time and they don't take it well and that makes it even more fun. And, <laughs> you know, like just to have a joke and a laugh. And um, I'm a people person, if you couldn't tell. And so... I like to mix it up and be around people. I, I could never work from home. I could tell you that now because I need that interaction. And I mean, I have two boys and my husband and a dog. It's a lot of testosterone in my house. So I've got to get out. But that's kind of the thing for me is I like that relationships. And even, you know, people that have worked before me in the past and still keep in touch and hear how they're doing and what they're doing and that's what I like, and keeps that's what keeps me going. Mm-hmm. How old are your boys? 18 and 21. So either just leaving the nest or or already out? <laughs> well, my youngest is a senior, uh-huh. and my oldest is working. He's He's just found his love of cars. So he's working, and he's trying to figure out things. And Good. It's kind of, you know, I kind of feel bad for kids these days because— 
he graduated from high school and COVID hit. And so mm-hmm. he sat at home for two years and tried to do some online stuff and wasn't super successful at that. But now, like, he may live with me forever because it's so expensive out it's, there. It's so different <laughs> these days. I've got a 28 and 26-year-old. Both are on their own in the area still. Uh, and to watch them kind of try to find their footing throughout all of this has been, it's been hard. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, one has had a little bit easier because she kind of knew from the very beginning where she wanted to go, and she's been with the same company ever since. And I have a 15-year-old who is, you know, three more years of high school, and I'm already thinking, boy, this is a very different landscape than it was 11 years ago when his brother and sister went through. How can I better help him navigate and prepare him for the future? Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful that I have Phoenix Business Radio X as a business because I have so many great introductions. He wants to be an engineer, civil engineering, like, okay, I need to connect with some people when he starts working this summer mm-hmm. and have him have an opportunity to be an apprentice or just observe or, you know, shadow somebody so that he can start to build those relationships and those experiences rather than, you know, kind of waiting for it to happen for him, which back in the day, I think we more so could have, and we mm-hmm. can't do that anymore. So, yes, that's that's great. I'm Hats off to, to your boys who are finding their way. How does somebody, clearly the business is referral uh, mm-hmm. and repeat business. Should somebody want to crack the code, though, and they're looking to work with you, it, does it start with a phone call? What what would that look like for somebody? Are you, are you, are you absolutely like, nope, we've never done work with you before. We're shutting this down. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, no, no, no. Like I said, I'm a people person. Yes, so I, I can't I, imagine you doing that. You, I don't. I'm, I take after my mom, and there's no strangers in my world, Aww. so we're good. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, you could call me. You can email me. People do that all the time. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to talk to anybody and see what they need and what they want to do. And like I said, and actually, we, I mean, we joke about it all the time that we should try to do more work in Phoenix because okay. we really don't do a ton. And then I, I talk a good game, and then I don't actually end up doing it. But, yeah, we're totally— open. Like, we'll talk to anybody and happy to hear and happy to help. And and it doesn't have to be everything. It can be just design or it can help you with procurement or it can be just the architecture. Yeah, it starts with an introduction and a conversation and then see where it goes. And if you guys can help them, great. And if not, you probably are so well-versed and so well-connected that you can also send, you know, hey, let me introduce you to so-and-so and maybe they can help you more. Exactly. You mentioned, let's go back to, again, your niche is clearly hospitality. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about restaurants specifically and, and also um, at a lot of uh, the airports across the country. But then you also remember, and, or excuse me, you also mentioned a couple other types of businesses that you work with, but I'm forgetting. Can you remind me? Let's see. We work with, we do some ground up restaurants. Like we're working with um, Angie's Lobster right now here in town. And we're doing some True Food Kitchen in Tucson and Century City. So we do some of that work. We do work with Sodexo, um, different types of projects for them. Um, Who else? Sammy, of course. We're working on something really exciting, that we're doing a theater in Fontana, California. Oh, fun. And it is um, going to be the, it, it's going to be called Stage Red, and it's going to be a Sammy Hagar theater. And so it's kind of themed, not themed, but it's it's going to be a music venue that every once in a while Sammy will perform because he's very much the same and he wants to promote and lift up bands. And it's a smaller venue and give them opportunities. And so we're, that's on the books right now. And that's we're super fun. excited. Yes. 
Super cool. I'm not remembering what you had said about some of the kind of offshoots around hospitality, but that helps. Oh, the casinos. Thank and you. That, that, that's, I'm so sorry. No, casinos you're good. and yes. Again, I'm just thinking if you really if we can help you with some of those introductions here in Arizona, right? Yeah. Um, as you continue to grow and expand and do the great work that you do. So casinos, what other kind of offshoots around we hospitality? A lot of casino stuff. Um and it was more like the restaurants and the retail and the casinos, sure. but that's kind of our niche. Sure. And then um, some health clubs, fitness centers. We did say that. Spas. We were working on yes, that. got it. Okay. Exactly. We d- we've done some, a couple doctor's offices and other offices. Because again, if a client calls and it's, if they don't have a restaurant, but they're going to open an office, we'll help them too. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And again, if you've done great work for somebody and they're referring you, of course, you're going to be called to do what it takes to get the job done and, exactly. and, and be proud of what you've done for them. How do people stay in touch with you? Are you on social media? We are. So we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page and a Behance page and oh, LinkedIn. what page? Behance. What is that? It is. It's for us artsy types. It's like a design portfolio page. Oh. And so I, I think only we know about it. I don't necessarily think anybody else, but... Um, and then also we have LinkedIn okay. page. Um, that All we- as ideation DG. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the D as in dog, G as in God. <laughs> You're so funny. You say that too in a design group, but I always say David and golf. It's so the same funny. Thing. Yeah, like, yeah. It would have been super easy to actually remember your business name and say ideation design group DG, but I got to do the, no. my, make up my own call letters for that. Everybody very, does. Very good. And then LinkedIn um, ideation design group. And Jennifer Reynolds, you're also on there as a professional for LinkedIn as well. So just make the connection and reach out. Yeah, lots of people reach out on LinkedIn. You'd be surprised, actually. And any way you get there, you can send a carrier pigeon. We'll answer. Excellent. I I trust that you will. I'm going to try that. Uh, IdeationDG.com with Jennifer Reynolds and her team. Really great to get to know you today. Well, thank you for having me. This was, I was a little bit nervous, I won't lie, but this was actually very enjoyable and I appreciate it. I'm glad. We simply want to share the spotlight on the great work that you're doing and stories matter, right? All these little snippets, even when we talked a little bit about your personal life, those those help us get a feel for somebody um, that we might not have known before and give us an opportunity. Yeah, this is somebody I'd really like to work with. So thank you for sharing that side of yourself as well. Well, thank you. Great I to appreciate have you. it. Yeah. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneur Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business and apparently restaurants too. This is Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 